Oh shit, it's the coin toss. One surprise topic off the rip, two sides of a coin. Let's get it. Today's coin features a Dragonite and a Pokeball. Tarek, call it heads or tails, Dragonite or Pokeball? Uh, Dragonite. It is Dragonite, look at that. Nice. All right. Scary Terry is sliding down the ranks. He's down 10 spots over the past six months on Keep Trade Cut. He's hanging out at wide receiver 19 right now, and he's a little older than most wide receivers on their first contract at 26 years old. Tark, you buying the dip, or is Terry McLaurin a sell? Yeah, that's an interesting question because wide receiver 19 seems like a good value for Terry McLaurin. Uh, I would probably buy if I can get that price. But full disclosure, in real life where I have Terry McLaurin, I've actually been putting out some feelers uh, to sell. So just looking at the value, like the raw value like Mitch presented there, seems like a buy. But I don't know, maybe my heart's telling me sell. I've been trying to sell him for like a re-roll on, you know, potentially a Garrett Wilson or a Traylon Burks or something like that. So. I don't know. That's kind of an answer. It's tough. I mean, he's just moving in the wrong direction. Trey, what do you think? Yeah. So I guess, Tarek, you're you're saying he's a buy, but you don't actually believe that. So <laughs> exactly. I'll say he's a sell, but I don't actually believe that. Zero convic- oh, conviction. And and yeah. the reason I'll say that is because uh, you know, he's shown a lot of promise, right? And he's been valued as essentially a top. 12-ish receiver for the past two years, and he just hasn't lived up to it. And you can argue that Carson Wentz is a quarterback upgrade over what he had last year. And I'm not necessarily going to disagree with you, but I still don't think Carson Wentz is what puts McLaurin over the edge for next year. And if he if he doesn't do it in 2022, it's not going to happen. So I think it's probably safer to bet on the sell case here than, than to keep betting on McLaurin to do something that he still hasn't done yet. Yeah, what's interesting is like Scary Terry is among this 2019 receiver cohort who are all uh, mm-hmm. trying to get new contracts. So that's kind of an interesting wrinkle to this whole conversation. John, you want to tell us something that you don't believe as well? <laughs> Look, I think y- y- y'all are both wrong because as we all know, when people hit a certain age, well, let me back up. In September, Scary Terry turned 26. And in my dynasty leagues, whenever a player turns 26, it's an insta drop. You're not trading him. You're not trying to get any value. Zero value. Drop him. Move on. Well put. Yeah. Put put Terry McLaurin on the waiver wire. Official TLG advice. 27 year old (laughs) and older basically dust. Stick a fork in him. (laughs) What's he going to do? Honestly. He's going to blow away the wind because he's dust. (laughs) (laughs) That's all he is dust in the wind like the sands of an hourglass so are the days of terry mclaurin's fantasy relevance what if you did the intro instead of the intro music do the all we are is dust in the wind imagine leaving in all of this into the actual show yeah imagine What the fuck is going on, everyone? Yeah, I changed up the pacing there. Mm. Welcome in to episode 52 of the Long Game Dynasty podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion about Dynasty fantasy football. I'm your host, Tarek Angry T. Benshuya. 
with me today. And as always, John Alexander, Trey Cryan, and Mitch Yates. All right, Mitch, what's going on, man? You you opened us up with, you know, a, a great coin toss where none of us gave really substantive answers. But how are you today? Oh, I'm great. It's my favorite day of the year. Season's greetings. Happy holidays. I hope everyone is enjoying 420 as much as I am. And look, if you're thinking that's dumb because, you know, it's a made-up holiday, I agree. But every holiday is a made-up holiday, so at least this one cuts right to the good shit. Smoke it if you got it. Happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, happy Festivus, Mitch. <laughs> Love it. Trey, how are you, man? I'm good, dude. I'm good. You know, I uh, had one of those Fridays last week where I uh, drank a pitcher of margaritas with some nice. friends and... Uh, kind of blacked out at the end of the night so uh, <laughs> you know it was a it was a fun weekend uh oh, and it but- made it made yard work and those those tours outside on saturday just extra special so it, you know <laughs> at least you weren't drafting this time trey at least we weren't drafting on saturday yeah i it would have gone a lot worse for me <laughs> oh i love it okay trey crying with the with the blackout story early in the episode <laughs> <laughs> i do what i can guys John, what's going on, dude? I, I, this is great. I feel like I'm 18 again. I'm registered for the selective service, and I'm ready to draft, guys. Hey, all right. That's the only all line. Right. That's the only line I had. Oh man, on the show. Is it too soon. Too soon. <laughs> I don't know if Mitch and I would get in. Oh, I'm out. Mitch, Count Mitch would out. probably get in. Trey, I don't I'd know fail on you. multiple counts, man. Too much, too much facial hair on Trey. He'd never make it. Oh. Thanks, uh, yeah, I'll, I'd be a conscientious objector. Um, <laughs> they don't want me in the army. I'm a I'm a communist, you know. So just get get me out of there. Anyway, uh, what are we doing today? Today we're doing a pre NFL draft rookie mock. Um, so three rounds. Our base rules are always going to be super flex PPR tight end premium, and we've talked about most of the 2022 class in the last month. So now it's time to kind of put them in relationship to one another in a rookie draft context. And hopefully from doing that exercise, we can start to develop more kind of high level rookie draft strategy. So areas of the draft that you may be trading out of where you might be moving up to target players, where are those tier breaks, et cetera. And obviously, you know, things are going to change after the NFL draft, of course, right? You can't just completely take lock when we get that final input of draft capital. But, you know, you can never be too prepared. So we wanted to do a mock draft about a week before the NFL draft is finally here. Before we kick off that mock draft, just wanted to cover like the big news item of the day. And that was Debo Samuel reportedly once out of San Francisco apparently not because they're not willing to pay him like close to $30 million a year, but because he's not a fan of being the wide back, you know, being used as a running back guys. What do y'all think about this? Uh, what do you think about Debo Samuel's like potential fantasy or dynasty value? If he moves on from San Francisco, let's just open it up for a couple minutes. Discuss Debo. I can't see a situation that would be an improvement for Debo. And even at this point, like with these grievances being expressed, hard to see him being utilized this way, even if he does stay in San Francisco. It's hard to make any sort of justification that Debo stock doesn't drop going forward from here. Yeah, I hate this too. Debo was wide receiver number three last year, and a huge part of that was the 59 carries, uh, 365 yards, eight tutties, uh, 
And that's insane. And it's going to be really hard to replicate anywhere else. And it sounds like, though, the reason he wants out is because he doesn't want to be used like that anyway. So honestly, if you're a Debo manager, you can't be feeling super great about any of this news. Guys, you're both wrong here. Trey, let me ask you, though, because remember, in the first half of 2021, Debo Samuel was like a 30% target share wide receiver, right? It was the second half of 2021 where the receiving work went way down, but he started, you know, running the ball like eight times a game. So, you know, you just mentioned, oh, you guys are both wrong here. Is that because you think Debo Samuel has the opportunity to go back to being a 30% target share receiver? Yeah, I do. I So that's exactly right. I mean, the second half of last year, the offense was designed in a way to get Kittle and get Ayuk their work. And Debo was, you know, used out of the backfield in this wide back role, right? So they fundamentally kind of changed the offense in the second half of the year once everybody was back and healthy. And uh, I don't see a non-Shanahan coach doing that with Debo Samuel if he goes and joins their offense. But what they will do is they'll pass more than 31 times a game or whatever it was that San Francisco did. So it's hard to, for him to end up in an offense that's going to be less you know, passing volume than San Francisco was. So yeah, 30% of target share. And even if it's 27% in a higher volume offense means that's a locked in top five dynasty wide receiver. I wouldn't I'm I'm thinking it's more of a buy opportunity because you're going to get panic managers than anything else. I love that, mm, Trey. Yeah, I said that there's no way that a stock doesn't go down, but I'm still buying. I'm right there with you. I love me some Debo. And if I can if I can get him on some more of my rosters because of this, I'm all for it. Yeah, I don't have any Debo anywhere yet, but I want to join you there. All I'm, right, let's do I'm it. I'm still hesitant, though, guys. I, I think that we haven't seen him achieve those numbers without the rushing. So he was also hurt last or the year before last so uh it remains to be seen whether he can uh, be that consistent receiving target yeah yeah i mean i think you would be banking on that first half of 2021 uh if you if you were gonna you know bank on him being that 30 percent target share guy but yeah i mean uh, my feeling throughout the offseason has been kind of slight sell on Debo because I've always just been a little bit lower on consensus in my rankings on him. Um, I I definitely think that I, as a fantasy asset, I would rather Debo be a wide receiver than a wide back because yeah. you cannot just keep ramming your receiver into the line you know on these sweeps where he's going to get hurt right and we know Debo Samuel has you know suffered some serious injuries both in college and in the NFL so I hope wherever he goes or if he stays in San Francisco I hope he just goes back to being that 25 to 30 percent target share guy but we'll see you know it's it's really hard for me to imagine another team trading a first and paying him 30 million dollars a year you know, it's one thing to do that with Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. Uh, Debo Samuel's amazing. I don't know if he's that level of amazing. So we'll see. I mean, he's a couple of years younger. But. All right. Let's kick off this first half. So we're going to do the first round of this Superflex tight end premium rookie mock draft in the first half. And then we'll kind of speed through the second and third round in the second half. So each of us are going to make three selections in the first round, and let's start with Mitch at the 101. Let's do it. All right. 
Uh, for the purpose of context, I'm going to avoid suggesting that I have the number one pick overall uh, because I finished last place. You know, in Dynasty, yeah. so many trades happen that it's not fair to assume that. But without further ado, Malik Willis, number one on my board. He is my number one pick. I can't resist the quarterback with the Konami code. He's really, really fast. He can burn like Lamar or Vic out there. And he could be a top six quarterback for the next five to ten years, and that comes with elite insulation. I've been debating for weeks whether or not I would choose Willis or Brees Hall, and ultimately I can't take the running back here as much as I do love him as a prospect. And to add a little more context here, I'm taking Willis regardless of my quarterback situation as well. Uh, they are still the most valuable asset in Superflex, and if I can roll out the cannons with two quarterbacks in the top ten, I'm a threat to win every given week. So Malik has been on my fantasy radar since the beginning of last season, uh, and he sits firmly at the top of my mountain in Superflex right now. Yeah. Uh, so, Mitch, I'm not quite there with you yet, but I, if he goes in the first round, I think I'm right there with you. I think if a team gives him a ringing endorsement by putting him in that first round, particularly the top 10 is what I'm looking for, then I'm right there with you. He's worthy of the 1.01. Uh, I'm just not there yet because I'm not sure that's what's actually going to transpire. Uh, so it's kind of wait and see for me, but you can't argue the pick. QB1 and Superflex, you got to love it. What about the Steelers at 15? Yeah, Steelers. I think the Steelers are, are, are aren't they like 20 or something like that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure are they're they, 20. They, they, there's, some, there's some talk like they might trade up. but Yeah, anyway, I... I am not buying any kind of narrative that Malik Willis falls out of the top 10. So I don't hate this. Also, like I was listening to Thor Nystrom on a couple podcasts recently, and he was talking about how Malik Willis is like top five rushing quarterbacks to like ever enter the league. Right. So if he goes top 10, he's going to get that insulation. And even if he is bad at playing quarterback, like he's going to be a good fantasy asset. So Mitch, I don't hate this. Uh, Trey, let's go to you at the 102, and you can kind of debate uh, Malik Willis versus I wonder who you're going to pick here. But. Yeah, no surprise here. I'm going to go with Brees Hall running back out of Iowa State. Uh, I, You know, if you had asked me a couple weeks ago, I would be a lot more confident about this, but I do, I, I hear where uh, Mitch is coming from, so I don't hate the argument as much as maybe I did a few weeks ago, but Look, I mean, whether you're picking one overall or two, Brees Hall is a great pick here at the top of the first round. He's projected to go early second round on draft day, and he may slip into the late first. It's possible. He's got a great combination of prototypical size, uh, speed, athleticism for the NFL. He's a 99th percentile athlete, according to his relative athletic score. Uh, you guys know I love his production at Iowa State, the 43.9% dominator, to go with the pass-catching ability, the 10.7% target share. I've still got him as my 101 in this class over Willis, but I I can see where Mitch is coming from. I feel like the two spot in the rookie draft is the best place to be because somebody has to make that first decision and you're going to end up with one of these two guys, in my opinion, and you can't go wrong. Or the next guy, too, who could also definitely be the number one guy. Yeah, and Mitch, the thing I agree with about that is if you do end up with Brees Hall and maybe you know you decide you want to pivot out of it, you're still going to get somebody like Cam Akers or Antonio Gibson, you know, with like mm -hmm. if you decide you want to flip that for somebody else. So like, yes, 
there's options with having Brees Hall on your roster. Maybe not the same positional scarcity as Malik Willis at quarterback, but I believe in Hall's ability to hit as a prospect a little bit more confidently than I am in Malik Willis right now. What's interesting is that I feel like it's a guarantee that Brees Hall is either going to go 101 or 102. Malik Willis, he could go like 103 or 104, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's it's kind of interesting. I think if you're at 102, I agree with both of you. John, I think right now feels a little bit differently. If you're at 102, it's auto-draft either Malik Willis or Brees Hall. But John, yeah, what do you think? So it, what's interesting to me is I went and checked Keep Trade Cut before uh, we went on the air here, and uh, Brees Hall is one and Malik Willis is two on Keep Trade Cut right now. And to my mind, that's the only time I can remember uh, Superflex pre-draft uh, QB not being at the top. So that's that's really mm-hmm. interesting. I, I'm not quite there yet um, with the quarterbacks. I want to see where they get drafted first. Right now at three, I'm taking the guy that Keep Trade Cut has at four. Uh, that's my wide receiver one, and that's Garrett Wilson. I laid out the case for Garrett Wilson last week, so I don't want to go into it too much, but I do want to say that he's my wide receiver one because I feel like he's a guarantee to be successful. So he's going to go in the top 10. If he's not top 10, he's top 12 for sure in the NFL draft. Uh, first round wide receiver, and I, I don't think you can miss with Garrett Wilson. I think you can miss on a running back, and I think you can miss on a QB, not necessarily that I think that's going to happen with Brees Hall or with Willis, but it's definitely within the realm of possibility. And I feel like I can't miss with Garrett Wilson. So I'm feeling really good at three, getting my number one wide receiver. And I've and I've got no regrets at three taking Garrett Wilson. Yeah. And John, I guess the thing that's sticking out to me about Wilson is I agree with you. I think he looks pro ready and he looks like the kind of modern day receiver that's sort of built for a modern NFL offense. I do worry a little bit about his upside compared to some of the other top end receivers in this class. Like maybe he ends up as sort of a high end wide receiver too for his whole career, mm. which, you know, at the one Oh three, that's not a bad value at all. So sure. Can't go wrong if that's, if that's this floor case there. And John, I'm, I'm with you on this though. I, I could justify taking him first overall too. I, I think he's in the mix there and over, over Brees Hall and Willis. I could, I could, yeah, I could see him in that conversation. Um, now, not, not like, not in my opinion, no, but John was stating a case for that. So um, I, I can see where he's coming from. And so uh, I like the pick. I like it there. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's funny is I think about a week ago, Mitch tweeted out, you know, who are you going to drop out of these three or who, who gets the ax? And it was Traylon Burks, Drake London, and Garrett Wilson. And I actually voted Garrett Wilson. And in the interim, Garrett Wilson has kind of become my de facto wide receiver one as I've thought about it more because he's got the safest floor. And I think his ceiling is still really high. He maybe has a little bit less of a chance than Drake London or Traylon Burks to like hit that ceiling. But I still think he has that Stefan Diggs ceiling. So that kind of like temporarily has moved him up, you know, pending draft capital. So I, I, you know, if I were picking where John was picking, I'd probably take Garrett Wilson right now. But that is not the case. I am picking at 104 and I'm going to take wide receiver out of USC, Drake London. So we know Drake London is looking to get top half of round one draft capital. He's kind of got that Mike Evans, Marquise Colston style lengthy receiver, and he can win at all levels. 
uh, a thou- over a thousand yards and seven touchdowns in just eight games in 2021. Uh, good for that 34.9% dominator. Um, I just think he's he's got really really great traits. Uh, he can win before and after the catch point. Um, so he's edging out Traylon Burks just by a little bit here for me at 104. Oh man, that hurts. Got sniped. Uh, he's the number one wide receiver on my board. Yeah, this is my dude. Like, I'm not concerned with any of the separation issues. Uh, I think he's underrated in route running. I love the Mike Evans comps. I think they're real, but I think London is better. Uh, and so I think he could be a wide receiver one year in and year out. And uh, you got my guy, man. One of my favorite things to do is snipe. So I'm mm-hmm. sure I'm going to get sniped a few times here uh, in this exercise. I think Mitch is about to snipe me here with pick number five. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely sniping you, Trey, because this is Trey's guy, Traylon Burks. Man, uh, yeah, I got to take him. He's actually my wide receiver three, but I cannot pass on the value here. Uh, this is pick uh, five, 105. Yeah, Traylon Burks at 105. That's amazing. Uh, like we've said before in our uh, deep dive episodes, uh, he's got the alpha potential. Um, it's a slam dunk. He gets drafted in the first round. Um, you know, he's got excellent hands. He uses his size well. He's just like a lot of people have him as their wide receiver one. So getting him here is excellent. Um, I'm here for it. Yeah, you know, I, I keep listening to other analysts uh, kind of talk me off the ledge on Burks, you know, with... Uh, their criticisms of his route running ability, his sort of limited polish compared to the other receivers at this top of this class. But I just don't see if, if he's got all of these negatives, then, you know, how do you explain the 3.87 yards per team pass attempt in the sec? Like, yes, I know he dominated that offense because he was probably like their best and only weapon, but I mean, that production still counts and he did it well above expectation for two big years. So just a little bit more love there from my from a guy. Yeah, he w- he was fourth on my board, uh, so I love the pick here at five. I think there's I think we can probably agree there's a group of four wide receivers: Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks, Drake London, Jameis Williams, and it's like flip a coin. Whoever you like the best, that's the one you should take. And I don't think anyone's going to criticize you for doing that right now. Uh, and interestingly, just as a note, uh, keep trade cuts got him ranked currently. Drake London is one, Garrett Wilson two. Traylon Burks three. So we we're we're pretty close to the market on that one. It sounds like, you you know, like on uh, a recent episode, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before I kind of made the note that it's possible that Traylon Burks might fall out of round one. Right. But I don't look that shouldn't be that scary. Right. Because I, I know Josh Larkey has done a good amount of work recently Uh, That essentially says you have the same chance of hitting if you're a round one receiver or a round two receiver over the last several years. So remember, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, the aforementioned Debo Mm -hmm. Samuel. These are round two guys, right? Getting round two draft capital. Let's not make that a death knell for Traylon Burks. And I still think it's most likely he goes end of round one anyway. I don't think that he goes into the second round. All right, so I, a guy that I do think is going to go in the second round is uh, going to be my uh, pick here at the sixth pick in the first. Uh, and I'm going to go with the running back out of Michigan State. I'll go with Kenneth Walker. Um, he He's right there with Brees Hall in sort of the mock draft projection, so that early to mid-second round. You know, there's a lot to like him. 
about him as a running back. He's got a great, you know, size and speed for the NFL. He's got the 43840. Uh he also dominated more of his offense at Michigan State than uh Brees Hall did at Iowa State. You know, Kenneth Walker had the 50.2% dominator, which is insane. I don't know if I've ever seen a running back that high before. Uh, I mean, of course, the downside with him is the 5.4% target share, which kind of makes me think that he might have a limited upside in the NFL. But here at pick six, I think I'm okay with that. You know, I'll go with this like sort of high end running back two projection for Kenneth Walker because I'm confident that I can probably still get value out of that pick at six overall. Yeah, I like it here. That's probably what I would have taken. Kenneth Walker, I mean, I think he is once you get past the top three receivers and the top quarterback and the top running back, he's the safest pick, right? Like he's going to have an early down roll for sure. And it remains to be seen whether or not, you know, he can become that pass catcher. Man, this week has been Kenneth Walker week on Twitter. And it's like the debate on can he catch passes (laughs) or will he be asked to use that way? It's it is. I'm just ready for us to see what happens on the field. For me, this is where the the first tier break happens in the first round, right at pick six here. So I think this is where things start to branch out a little bit. I I wouldn't personally go Kenneth Walker here, but um, I I do I I feel you. It's it feels like the safe pick, but I, I think I'm still airing wide receiver at this point. Well, uh, I think. Once the draft actually happens in a week, uh, Kenneth Walker is going to be a consensus top four pick. So I think this is good value here at pick number uh, six, and I like it. But guys, I think you forgot something important, that this is a super flex draft, and we've got a potential top 15 quarterback that's still on the board, and that's Kenny Pickett. And I'm taking him here at seven. Uh, I made the case several weeks ago why I like Kenny Pickett. I think he's my Q, he's definitely my QB one in this class right now. I love the prospect of him landing in Atlanta or New Orleans. Uh, and when that happens, he's going to skyrocket on my board in Superflex. I've got him as fifth overall right now. I'm just waiting to see where he lands. But I think he's got all the tools to be successful in the NFL. And here at pick seven, like that's that's easy money, right? I'm going to get an NFL starter for a few years at least, probably more, in my opinion. I like Kenny Pickett, and I know that I'm ahead of the market here, uh, but I'm going to take the money and run because this is super flex, guys. Yeah, John, you're you're stealing here. Uh, I had him at six as well, so I'm I'm in lockstep. Just it, it is super flex, and that value insulation on quarterback is going to carry through. And uh, when when we talk about safe, like he could suck, and he's still going to be he's still going to retain his value here. Yeah, I mean he's likely to be a first round quarterback it's unclear whether he's not going to the draft because he wasn't invited or he decided that he wanted to hang out with his family but this is a guy that for months he has been projected to go top half of the first round so i'm I'm still buying that he's going to be a top 15 top 20 pick i don't think he's going to get past the steelers at 20 so yeah, we'll 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 see. I, I think it's I think it's a safe pick. I think it's a good pick. I, he's at uh, nine overall on my rookie big board, uh, so this is a little bit ahead for me. But I still think I think nine is ahead of market. Yeah, Tarek, same for me. He's he's my ninth overall in this rookie class. But you know, I get where John's coming from. 
I just, I worry he's just not very good, you know? And like, this is the highest his value is ever going to be potentially. I've heard ceiling outcome for Kenny Pickett is Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Uh, who's got, you know, he's got small hands uh, like Kenny Pickett. Uh, he's got underrated athleticism coming in. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, uh, he's going to get that first round draft capital. So I don't think you can hate this pick at all. All right. My pick here at the 108, I'm going with Jamison Williams, receiver out of Alabama. Massive breakout in his true junior year after transferring from Ohio State, over 1,500 yards, nearly 20 yards per catch. Obviously just dripping with upside. I mean, he's maybe a little bit small. I think he's like 6'2", 190, but uh, I think that's plenty big uh, for today's NFL. And look, I promise you guys, if if he was if he did not tear his ACL in the college national championship, he would be the first wide receiver drafted in the NFL draft. Like I promise, do not underrate how much the NFL loves speed. And on that note, I, I will just use this opportunity to advise like if you get a draft prop for Jamison Williams, first receiver off the board in the NFL draft, and you can get good odds, I would still take it. Like, I still think there is a chance that, you know, the Falcons draft him at eight or something. So how much you throwing down? I don't know. Oh, 20 bucks on like, just see, like if, if I get like plus three to 400 odds, I might throw down 20 <laughs> one, bucks. On one Jameson unit. Williams. How many units? One currency unit. All right. All there right. you go. No, I, I like it. I like it, man. This is my uh, top player left on the board. So I'm, right there with you. I love the upside with uh, JMO. I think he he absolutely could move into the top tier of wide receivers for me. Yeah, JMO is the right pick here, no doubt. Yeah, you mentioned earlier, uh, I think I would put Jamison Williams in the same tier as Kenneth Walker. So earlier, Mitch, when you said there was kind of a tier break at six, I think I would put Jamison Williams in that tier. So a little bit different uh, for me. I just kind of value them mm-hmm. the same right now. But I do think between five and six, it's a little bit of a teardrop. All right, Mitch, you're next at 109. Am I now? 109. All right. It's taking George Pickens here out of Georgia. Uh, we just talked about JMO, a big ceiling player. And Jamison Williams is the closest thing to that top group of wide receivers. I think George Pickens is the next player in line there. Um, I was hoping to get either one of those guys. Uh, both both players got injured, um, and I think George Pickens could have been closer to the top of this class as well. Uh, he's got the skill and the speed and the uh, that just breakaway ability. He could be a he could score a touchdown from anywhere on the field. So at one oh nine, I I feel confident in my guy here. I think he'll be taken in the first round as well. Mitch, Mitch, you are going against the market here. Chris Olave is ranked by the market ahead of George Pickens. That's fine. And I want to say tisk tisk, but then I want to follow that up with a little applause. Good job. <laughs> you got that right. We talked a lot a bit about Chris Olave last week, and I love George Pickens. I think he's got a better NFL career than Chris Olave, so I love the pick. This is the exact same decision I would make here. Uh, I think George Pickens' ceiling is much higher than Chris Olave's, uh, so well done. Yeah, Maybe the ceiling is there, but there's a huge range of outcomes here with uh, George Pickens. The fact that he never cleared the 2.1 yards per team pass attempt uh, being the obvious red flag on his his record. So, you know, yeah, maybe he's like the second coming of like, you know, A.J. Brown, but he also could be like a Josh Reynolds type, you know. So 
we just it's it's a giant question mark and i am a little bit worried about the value of 108 on pickens but you know it's your pick not mine i think it was 109 right 109 yeah yeah 109 my bad all right and with 110 we got trey and with 110 i'll take the other receiver i'll take chris Olave. (laughs) (laughs) look i'm really liking i'm really liking chris Olave as a late first here the the yes the senior year production was a little bit concerning he was third on his team in uh you know that room uh, that he shared with uh, Garrett Wilson and uh, JSN. But look, I'm willing to go against analytics here. I'll, I'll take the senior, right? I think he's as polished as you can possibly be. And I think he's as pro-ready a prospect as you're going to find in this class. And I think he's going to step into a starting role immediately. So I feel very confident that I'm going to you know, return value here. And yeah, upside matters with George Pickens, but so does hit rate, you know? And like, I, I am very confident this guy is an NFL-ready receiver, whereas... George Pickens is a huge question mark to me, so I'm I'm happy you let me uh, get him here at uh, at tenth overall. I'm glad you got your guy, man. I think it's close for me. I think Olave is like the next receiver, and I I do agree that I would take him at this pick as well. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm not far off, but I think it's just stylistically different for us, right? Where yeah. you know I I like to chase that that ceiling, and when I see when I see Pickens on tape. Like I get excited, I get really, really, really excited, and Alave is clean and good, but you know, there's just a little bit more for Pickens for me. Yeah, and of course, you know, landing spot will determine a little bit of this, but I'm I believe in the talent, uh, and I think it's well polished after four years at Ohio State. Yeah, and what I've said is like right now I have Pickens over Olave exactly for the reasons that Mitch and John talked about in terms of upside, but look. If the draft plays out like it's projected where Olave goes kind of mid to like maybe 20th overall and then Pickens goes early second round, it's so close that I'm probably just going to flip them and, and and prefer Olave just because of that, you know, that first round, a uh, little bit of insulation, uh, even though, you know, the hit rates are the same, like I said earlier, but it's just th- the smallest thing for me is is going to is going to flip those. But uh, John, we got you here at 111 and the highest guy on my boards the third running back off the board, and that's Isaiah Spiller for me. Uh, I had him at nine on my board. Uh, He's 11th on keep trade cut, so we're right in line with that, with the market here. Uh, I I like Spiller. I know he's fallen out of favor. Uh, Brees Hall has propelled himself to the sky, and Kenneth Walker is pretty much consensus running back too, but I've liked Isaiah Spiller since the beginning, and I think he's going to have a successful career. The question is, is he going to get the opportunity? And I think he will. So I'm happy to take the the third running back off the board here at the end of the first round. Isaiah Spiller is still my running back, too, actually. And I know that that is uh, a bit alarming to some, some of the Kenneth Walker fans out there. But I think he, next to, obviously, Brees Hall in this class, has the best chance to be a three-down back in the NFL. So uh, getting him at the late part of the first round, where are we now? 1.11? Yeah. yeah, I think that value here. And if he if he gets better draft cap, then I, I think, obviously, he'll be picked a little earlier than uh, 1.11. But we'll see. 
So, so guys, I'll, I'll just say it. I've got Spiller as my 22nd overall player in this rookie <laughs> oh, class. Goodness. My, my, oh my goodness. My running back five. So this, oh this my God. he will not be on any of my dynasty squads. <laughs> nope. Yeah. He, he's, he is 10 on my board. I'm sticking firm with, even though I think Kenneth Walker is the better talent, volume matters, receiving work matters and Spiller profiles to get both of them. And I still think he's going day two. So I mean, respect, Trey, but uh, agree to disagree. All right, uh, I'm going here at the last pick of the first round, 112. And I'm going with uh, the next quarterback uh, on my board. He's actually my QB2, so I'm getting him at QB3 here, and that's Matt Carell, uh, quarterback out of Ole Miss. I, I think he is a better-than-advertised prospect. Like, I'll ask the question... Why is he a worse prospect than Zach Wilson was? Like, you know, in his junior year at Ole Miss, 10.2 yards per attempt. He had 29 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. In 2021, kind of dipped to 8.7 yards per attempt, which is still really good. But he cut the interceptions down all the way to five. So I think he started seeing the field better. You know, I, I think he's got uh, some nice floor, 500 and 600 rushing yards over the last two years. So over 1,100 rushing yards in the last two years. And he was invited to the NFL draft. So he's at least got a really good chance of going on day one. Um, so he's my QB2. I would have taken him at eighth in this in this uh, like he's my eighth player on my board. So uh, I'm I'm really I'm really into this value here, and I think 112, this is such a crazy quarterback class, obviously uh, not as highly decorated as last year, but I'm really excited to get my QB2 here at the end of the first round. Yeah, yeah, Tark, I don't hate the pick for you. I think it's good value at 12th overall, uh, but to answer your rhetorical question, it's because nowhere in the world is he being projected to be drafted at the second overall pick in this class. Like he in certain mocks is falling out of the first round. So mm -hmm. the risk is there, right? And uh, that does matter. Uh, so he's not the prospect that Zach Wilson was, but I get I get your point about the, the similarities in the profile. You know, yeah. one of the things with uh, Zach Wilson is guys were comparing him to Brett Favre or like maybe he's the next Pat Mahomes. Whereas with Corral, we're hearing more names like Paxton Lynch or like Johnny Football. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a little <laughs> bit of a different comparison uh, conversation happening around. Uh, Corral. Yeah, it's just like Corral also has really great arm strength, right? right? He played in a much better conference. He played in the SEC and he worked over the SEC. Like he put up numbers there, right? Whereas, you know, Zach Wilson, wherever BYU is in the MAC or whatever, like, you know, with a great offensive line, he, you know, his numbers were inflated, right? So I, I like Zach Wilson. I just also like Matt Corral. But, also, I have uh, to yeah, ask, is he's it, is obviously... It, is it Coral or is it Corral? I, I still don't know. I've heard Corral, okay. so I'm going with Corral. We'll, we'll you know. find out on draft night when they when he's on TV. <laughs> the Golden Corral. <laughs> golden Corral. That's a good one. T, I think you're getting a steal here, man. I, I do. Like, like I mentioned, the quarterbacks are going to have that insulation. And if he gets taken and has an opportunity to start, like you're taking the last pick in the first round on him. I, you can flip him for more than that, most likely. All right. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Let me uh, just recap the 12 picks from our first round in this Superflex tight end premium PPR rookie mock draft. At 101, Mitch took Malik Willis. 
102, Trey went Brees Hall. Then at 103, John selected Garrett Wilson. Then I went 104, Drake London. Mitch, Traylon Burks at 105. Trey dipped back into the running back well at 106, Kenneth Walker. Then John went with the QB2 on the board, Kenny Pickett at 107. I took Jamison Williams at 108. Mitch went George Pickens at 109. Then Trey at the 10 pick, Chris Olave. John took the uh, very polarizing Isaiah Spiller at 111. And I closed out at 112 with quarterback Matt Corral. All right, mic check. It is halftime. So on today's halftime segment, we got a, uh, a really cool halftime that John came up with. This is John's brainchild. So the question for today's halftime, who is this year's Tutu Atwell? So who is a guy that no one is projecting essentially to get day two capital in the dynasty community, but you would not be surprised if some team like the Chiefs or the Rams drafted him in the second or third round, right? We could also call this the Dwayne ancient, the Dwayneant Eskridge, you know, player of the year, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who are, Who is a player that's going to go on day two, not expecting it, but you won't be surprised. And John, this is your brainchild. Why don't you kick us off? Yeah, I'm a big Big Ten guy, so I'm going to take someone from the Big Ten, and that's Bo Melton from Rutgers. We didn't talk about him, talk about him on the show at all, but uh, Melton had a pretty productive senior year at Rutgers last year, uh, but he profiles more as a return specialist or a gadget player in the NFL. So I think he's going to play a very specific role in the NFL, and I think that some scouts might like that. And I'm not going to be surprised if some team takes a shot at him at the end of day two. Um I'm, he's still 100% off my board at that point, like Tutu Atwell was. Uh, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes day two, and so he starts showing up on top 10 wide receiver rankings in the Dynasty commu- community. Uh, teams that maybe are likely to do that, any team that's looking for a slot receiver, since he kind of profile profiles as a gadget guy, maybe Pittsburgh, since Juju just left, they might have Melton on their radar. Um, so I'm not going to be real surprised if he pops up uh, but I don't think that that's going to do anything for me in Dynasty. Yeah, Rutgers coming through with uh, two skill position players that we did not talk about on our rookie series. You got Bo Melton here, and there was also Isaiah Pacheco, the running back, mm-hmm. who I believe had the fastest 40 at the Combine. All right, Mitch, uh, who is your Tutu Atwell player of 2022? My guy is Danny Gray. I actually mentioned his name last episode yeah, uh, he's extremely fast. Wide receiver out of SMU, and uh, he's already had a couple surprising top thirty visits with uh with what the Vikings, the Bears, uh, I think, and the not. Raiders, the Raiders. Gotcha. And uh, so he may very well uh, sneak into the second or third round. And if he goes to the Packers or Chiefs or Rams, like we're talking about, or you know any AFC West teams, while we're at it, like. Uh, I, that's just gonna that's gonna be a huge boost to to his value. But like John mentioned, um, I'm still gonna be out. Uh, he's he's just that one trick pony speed guy. Uh, but my money actually is on uh, staying home in uh, Dallas, Texas. I think the Cowboys are gonna are gonna draft him, and if that happens, I think his stock is going to go even higher. Yeah, Mitch, this is a guy who kind of looks like Anthony Schwartz did last year, you know, just maybe the fastest dude in the wide receiver class. 
who could very easily get overdrafted in the third round and end up in a, a situation like, you know, Dallas or whatever. So yeah, I, I that's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely good call out last week too, Mitch, because I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of like, okay, Danny Gray, we know Mitch is an SMU guy. <laughs> and then he gets three top 30 visits. So, you know, good call out uh, Danny Gray. Let's uh, track where he ends up. All right, Trey, what you got? Well, NFL teams love speed, but they also like quarterbacks. So uh, my guy is a quarterback. He's Bailey Zappi uh, out of Western Kentucky. So most mock drafts uh, have him projected to go around the fifth round, but I could definitely see him going second or third on day two. So to me, he looks like a future backup with a good amount of upside. He reminds me a lot of Case Keenum. Zappi played for three years at Houston Baptist, real small school, before transferring to Western Kentucky for a senior year. And that's when he broke the single-season NCAA passing and touchdown record, throwing for 5,967 yards and 62 touchdowns in 2021. And by the way, that was Joe Burrow's touchdown record that he broke on the way there. Not Joe who it's it's Bailey Zappi now, Bailey Zappi, man. He was conference USA MVP on the season. He also won Boca Raton bowl MVP with a win over Appalachian state where he threw for 400 plus yards and six more touchdowns. He played pretty good at the senior bowl. And I've seen him mocked to teams like Tennessee, Carolina, and Indianapolis. I don't think a third round pick would be crazy for some of these teams that are just thirsty for a quarterback. When I was watching Kenneth Walker tape, I watched that Western Kentucky game and I was going to skip through their offense, but they were impossible to not watch. That was such a fun offense to watch. He ran a really, really fun pass heavy offense and they scored 31 points on Michigan State. So I I like this. Some team might fall in love with him. That's not easy to do. Gardner Minshew type vibes, right? Super productive at a smaller high volume offense. Yeah, good call. Uh, That's why I was thinking Case Keenum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, I will call out the last Tutu Atwell player of 2022, and mine is Velus Jones Jr., wide receiver out of Tennessee. And guys, you know, we talked about Dwayne elderly scridge last year, and <laughs> Velus Jones took it to another level. 25-year-old receiver who spent six years in college because he redshirted, uh, at USC, then he graduate transferred to Tennessee and then extra eligibility from that 2020 year he took advantage of. So he is quite fast. He's got 97th percentile speed score and he is a return specialist racked up a lot of return yards at Tennessee. He's getting a few top 30 visits, kind of like Danny Gray. So just don't be surprised to see him go day two, but like John talks about with Bo Melton, like Mitch talked about with Danny Gray, this is not a guy I want to draft. 25-year-old special teams players can live on someone else's dynasty bench or taxi squad. So don't be surprised if you see him go off the board in the 50s or 60s, but don't draft him in the second or third round of your rookie draft. All right, that's going to do it for halftime. Let's kick off this second half. And with that, Uh, Trey is going to leave because he's got emotional problems, man. So we will see you later, Trey crying. Bye, Trey. I dabbled in pacifism, man. (laughs) All right. So 
we're going from four players down to three players. So we also got to move a little bit faster now. We got to get through 24 picks. So Mitch, let's go with you at 201. Oh, gee, rapid fire, huh? All right, uh, let's go with Sky Moore. Uh, five nine guy out of Western Michigan, uh, slotty guy. Could put up some solid fantasy return, though. Uh, he's kind of the diet, caffeine-free Elijah Moore for me in this in this draft, right around that range where we were taking Elijah last year. So, uh, I, I like I said, I think he could give you some good return, and uh, it feels 201 like he's that late first-round pick, good value here. Uh, I'm about it. I love Sky Moore. I bet, yeah, I called him earlier today on Twitter, Askaja Moore. Oh, nice. I like that. <laughs> I've- I feel like it's a little bit of a reach for me right here at the top of the second, just because he is a small small school guy, and I don't know. It feels like the risk is real, and I guess that's where you take a ceiling shot is in the second round, but it's still early for me, and there's still another quarterback on the board here. My QB for Desmond Ritter is atop of my board, and that's who I'm taking at 14. I think there's a real chance that he slides into the back end of the first round of the draft. Maybe if the Lions don't take a quarterback at two, they take a guy like Desmond Ritter at the end. And I really like that landing spot. This guy is seasoned. He's a field general. I think he's got a lot of potential to be successful in the NFL. So I'm going to steal him and uh, pick 14, and I'm going to feel pretty good about that in the second round of a super flex draft. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised if he goes late first. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of his talent, but hey, if he's a first-round quarterback, you're getting him here at 202. Can't hate that. All right, uh, at 203, I'm going to take wide receiver out of Penn State, Jahan Dotson. You know, smaller guy, about like 5'11", 178. Uh, I said on our kind of rookie receiver preview that not every guy this size can be Deontay Johnson. But I think he's, you know, that's his ceiling, right? Like he, he's he got great ball skills. He can run every route. Um, I, I think at this point in the draft, I'm probably trying to trade out though. Like Jahan Dotson is somebody who I'm selecting at 203 if I have to, but I would rather trade back, trade for a veteran, something like that. So Jahan Dotson at 203. Mitch, what you got? Yeah, Tark, I like that too, because somebody may fall in love with Jahan Dotson if he gets drafted in the first round, which a lot of people are projecting him to to be taken there. But at 204, I got Zamir White running back out of Georgia, Zeus. Uh, he's a bruiser with some juice, and uh, I think he's going to be kind of like a David Montgomery-type player with some touchdown upside. And if you recall, David Montgomery was taken like second or third overall in his rookie draft. So I think you could be getting a lot of value out of Zeus um, this early in the or uh, this late in the draft here. Uh, Mitch, you're a little bit ahead of the market here. Uh, Keep Trade Cuts got him at 19 overall and you're getting him at 16. But Trey got to do this earlier to me. So now I'm going to do it to you. Uh, I've got Zeus as 23rd overall on my board. So this is a Ouch. big reach for me. Uh, I I don't know. I don't, I'm i not seeing it with Zeus. Uh, if he would have come out last year and you're making this pick, then yeah, I'm right there. But a year later, I don't know. Instead, I prefer, and the guy I'm taking next, the other Georgia running back, and that's James Cook. Uh, I think he's the best pass-catching uh, running back in this class. And I've got him as 14 on my board. I know that I'm way ahead of the market on that. 
I think James Cook's going to find a role on an NFL team as a third down receiving back. And here at the beginning of the second round, that's guaranteed PPR points. And I think that he's going to be serviceable enough in his rookie year where you can start him in your flex and feel pretty good about it. So I'm feeling really good at James Cook with James Cook at uh, pick 17. Uh, and I guess uh, go Georgia. Who's next on the Georgia board? Two Georgia <laughs> running backs in a row. I tweeted out earlier today um, that James Cook has had seven top 30 visits, and that is the most among running backs. So, impressive. John, you're right. He's going to have a role early, and he's he's going to catch passes right when he enters the NFL. Um, I think if I, I'm picking in the second round, I kind of want to take a moonshot. And I, don't, I think while the floor is great, James Cook – I don't think he has the body to ever produce more than low end running back two numbers. So uh, he may get like a random RB 12 season, like Duke, jo- Duke Johnson or something like that. But yeah, um, I-, I do like the pick though. I'm not mad at it here at two Oh six. I am going to pick quarterback out of North Carolina, Sam Howell. Obviously we're in the mid second round here. So, you know, this is a time to take a shot on a quarterback who is looking like he's probably going to fall out of the first round. But, you know, some team like the Seahawks, the Lions uh, in the early second round uh, might take a shot on the North Carolina product. This was a Debbie darling after his freshman year. He had a really good year in his sophomore year. And then after losing Deami Brown and Michael Carter and Javante Williams, he took a step back. But he did back that up in his junior year with over 800 rushing yards. So uh, I, I like taking the shot on Sam Howell here at the 206. Yeah, you can't argue with that if he gets any sort of inclination that he's going to be a starting quarterback as well. Uh, if he's given an opportunity to compete, uh, watch out for that guy. Uh, for me, where are we at here? What pick are we? We are 207. 207. All right. So I have Christian Watson, big, strong, fast North Dakota State guy. He's 6'4, 208. And uh, as we talked about him in our previous episode, he's he's got all that potential, but he's a small school guy. And so what I've seen from him on tape is that he can burn. And I think that uh, I've seen enough here to like the upside here in the second round. Uh, if he goes yeah. to it's one of those draft capital things, too. It's one of those. Uh, team situations, his situation could be boosted by a lot depending on where he goes and who takes him. Right. If he gets drafted, you know, at the end of the first round by the Chiefs, this is going to be an insane value for you here. I think I think this is a value according to market, if I'm not wrong. Right, John, you've been kind of looking at keep trade cut. Market's got him at 16. And if I can summarize Mitch's opinion about these small small school guys is he doesn't give no fucks about small schools. So that is correct. I I like that about you, Mitch. Uh, I do give a fuck about that. So (laughs) I'm going to take another wide receiver here. And I don't need to say much because I said a lot last week. I'm taking the 15th overall guy on my board, and that's Wandale Robinson. Market's got him at 26 overall. I'm getting him here at the 20th pick overall, so that's a bit of a reach probably. But I'm happy. I'm getting the guys that I feel like I'm ahead of the market on. That's James Cook and Wandale Robinson. Uh, This feels like a value to me. I feel like he's a day two guy, and I'm going to be really happy Uh, getting him here in the middle of the second round. I feel like last week, this is kind of the position where we talked about where he probably actually belongs um, in rookie drafts. That's our view right now, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, uh, Wandale Robinson currently is 27 on my board. Uh, and we talked about why it's it's just the frame, right? Uh, obviously, if he ends up getting that round two capital or something like that, he will creep up my board mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but for now, uh, this is kind of where we disagree a bit, John. All right, at 209, I'm going to take running back out of Arizona State, Rashad White. So this is a guy that started his career in JUCO, transferred to Arizona State, and then uh, in 2020, that four-game kind of Pac-12 shortened season, he was averaging over 100 yards a game, 9.2% target share, and then in his full season in 2021 uh, as a senior, over 1,000 yards on the ground, over 450 yards through the air for a 16% target share. His projected draft capital has been all over the fucking place. I feel like he could either go end of round two or he could go as late as round six. I just like his profile for fantasy, dynasty fantasy football. Uh, So I'll take Rashad White here at 209. Yeah. All right. This is where we all start to uh, to disagree a little bit because John Wandale, we, we did discuss this in a previous episode, but... He is 32 for me, so count me out on the on this price here. And Tarek, uh, I actually, you know, I I'm kind of a fan of Rashad White. Uh, he just looks stiff in the hips, and something just bothers me about him. And that's why I have uh, this running back, Damian Pierce. Uh, and I I think this guy's a beast. He's 5'10", 218. And I think there is actually potential he gets drafted before Zeus, and uh, that's going to pump him even higher up my boards. Uh, this guy just, I don't know, he he's one of those later round guys that still has that three down potential to me. And uh, uh, I feel like the value is good right, right here. Yeah, I feel like uh, Damian Pierce, Rashad White, I feel like these are probably guys that I'm willing to throw a dart at in the third round. Uh, not necessarily here in the second round. Like, they they could end up in a committee and they could be worth something, but more likely than not, I don't think they are going to be worth much in Dynasty. The guy that I'm going to take here at uh, pick 210 is uh, David Bell, wide receiver out of Purdue. Uh, he looked like a pro-ready uh, wide receiver coming out of Purdue. He We talked about him last week, so I don't need to say much. He feels like a safe pick here, um, not a guy that's going to be like a running back who may or may not amount to anything. David Bell, I feel like, is going to find himself in a wide receiver two position for some team, and he's going to be able to give you some value in your flex spot occasionally. Uh, maybe not next year, but in coming years. So I like the value of David Bell. I got him a little bit aftermarket. Mark, keep trade cuts got him at 20. Uh, so I like the value here, and I'm going to go ahead and take him. I, I appreciate that uh, because I think this is a different approach strategically here because as where you're you're willing to take dart throws on running backs like Damian Pierce in the third round, I think the second round is the best time to capture them before they're taken up here. See, David Bell, he's just kind of average but productive, right? So you know what you're getting, and I don't know. I, I feel like I'd rather him clog somebody else's bench. All right. So, yeah, David Bell is 21 on my board, too. So this is right around where I would take him as well. But at 212, uh, I'll go ahead and take the first tight end off the board, uh, Trey McBride out of Colorado State. He's going to be the first tight end drafted by the NFL. He's probably, 
going to get day two, hopefully round two capital. Um, and yeah, he's an all around solid tight end, good receiver, good blocker. Uh, end of the second round is the earliest I would think about taking a tight end in this class. Uh, I'll go ahead and pull the trigger here. Okay, round three, pick one. Um, I'm going to go with Kyron Williams here. Uh, Notre Dame speedster, third down running back. Uh, speedster? The, speedster. He, <laughs> slow as a slug, dude. What are you well, talking he, about, he Notre Dame speedster? Mr. Speed. Uh, in the, uh, <laughs> oh, God, is he the Mr. Athletic? Uh, he's a third down specialist, right? And so I see a, a path to a role on an offense here. And we're picking in the third round, so uh, it's getting a little tougher. So um, if I'm throwing a dart, I at least see some path to relevancy. So that's why I'm going with my with my uh, fast guy here. Yeah, if you had made this pick a year ago, I would have said that's pretty good value. But I don't know. He it, Kyron's not off my board. He's definitely a guy I would take a, a shot at in the end of the third round. I'm not real excited about him right now. Um but yeah, I mean, you're, you're not too far ahead of market here. Keep trade cuts got him at 29. Uh, the guy that I'm going to take, I feel like is an excellent value here. And that's John Mechie. Uh, keep trade cuts got him at 21 and I'm getting him here at 3.02. John Mechie's probably the best slot receiver in this draft. I talked at halftime about teams that might need a slot receiver. So if he ends up in Pittsburgh to replace Juju, I think that's a really great landing spot for him. I don't know if that's what's going to happen. Uh, but I don't see him. He he played at Alabama in every position, every wide receiver position, but he's definitely going to be a slot receiver. So uh, he's a guy that I think I'm pretty comfortable taking at the beginning of the third round. I think he's got some flex appeal depending on where he lands. Okay, we're moving along here at 303. I am going to take the guy that I hope I get in every single rookie draft, and that is Jerome Ford running back out of Cincinnati. He spent his first couple of years in Alabama, transferred to Cincinnati, had a really, really productive senior year on that Bearcat offense. I think he's among, like in terms of play speed, he is among the fastest in this class. If he gets kind of round four, round five capital, I think he's got a chance to be kind of the next Elijah Mitchell. I really, really love his film. You know, guys like Ray GQ, uh, and uh, Brandon Lejeune have kind of talked up Jerome Ford's film. So I'm excited about Jerome Ford. If you're in a rookie draft with me and you want to bring the angry out of angry tea, <laughs> trade up in front of me and draft Jerome Ford because that is my guy this year in the early third round. Yeah, I think, and you're, uh, where, where's he at on your board? He's 22 overall on my board right now. Tarek, why would you tempt me with this sort of thing? This is like right up my alley. This is my behavior in a <laughs> nutshell. Like, don't just tempt me like that. Entertainment value for the listeners, Ugh. Mitch. I was afraid I was going to be higher. I was at, uh, He's 25 on my board, 36 at keep trade cut. So if he's sitting there at the end of the third round, that's, that's an insta draft for me. Yeah, I'm drafting him early third every time. Uh, I think it's a good pick. I like it. Um, I'm also going running back here. Uh, I actually thought it was going to be outpriced. Uh, I thought Tyler Algier would go earlier than this, but... Here we are. So, uh, as noted, Tarek doesn't know where BYU is, and that's okay. That's where Tyler <laughs> played football. Uh, uh, he's 5'11", 224, and as I mentioned in previous episodes, he looks like a little bit 
above average, I guess, at everything he does. And that might give him a committee role somewhere. And it wouldn't surprise me if he got the bulk or at least the second uh, second man in the rotation of those committees. So at the early stage of the third round, I feel like this is pretty solid value. And if you haven't noticed, I'm just ripping running back after running back after running back after running back. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I've got him as uh, 33 on my board. Keep Trade Cuts got him at 30. So we're right in that range for sure. Uh, we're definitely in the dart throw running back range. And that's why I'm going to pick the highest guy on my board, Brian Robinson out of Alabama. Now, I thought that Brian Robinson was going to be off my board, but uh, Josh Larkey, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, made the case for Brian Robinson being the next Ramondre Stevenson, and he's he's kind of talked me into it. So I've got Brian Robinson up on my board. I'm getting really good value here um, at pick 29, even by market standards who have him going at the end of the second round. So uh, he was really productive at Alabama. He's, he's an older prospect, but... Uh, we don't care about that with running backs because it's all about that first contract. So mm-hmm. give me Brian Robinson as my dart throw here at 3.05. I'm feeling pretty good about that. You know, this is the first time in this rookie mock that I feel like I've truly been sniped because <laughs> uh, Brian Robinson definitely would have been my pick here at 306. And I was hoping in the third round to go all running backs because like Mitch said, that's that's my strategy in the third round, target running backs. But I'm going to go with my board here instead. And the highest player on my board is Alec Pierce. So I'm going two Cincinnati Bearcats in a row. I went with Jerome Ford. Now I'm going with Alec Pierce. It looks like if you look at NFL mock draft database, if you look at grinding the mocks, it looks like Alec Pierce is going to be a late second round, early third round pick. He's a receiver. He's a really, really good athlete. Um, I think, you know, he's got the chance to to carve out an outside kind of Dante Moncrief type role at the next level. Uh, so I will take Alec Pierce here at 306. Well, Tarek, I'm gonna. I'm also gonna cheat on my philosophy a little bit here because my guy is uh, Khalil Shakir, and where we uh, pick 3.07, and uh, you know he's a fast wide receiver out of Boise State. Uh, we've seen him used out of the backfield a lot, and I'm hoping that that translates to the NFL and gets him some carries because. Uh, that could definitely add some value and where we're getting him here in the third round. Um, I, I'm just I'm looking for something, right? Some path to uh, like some role. And as where uh, we're running out of guys to pick, I feel like his skill set, his weapon type skill set uh, has him a pretty good value at 307 for me. Yeah, he's got an underrated prospect profile. I think we talked about last uh, week, Mitch, that uh, he you you mentioned that he surprised you on tape. So uh, I think this is a good spot for Khalil Shakir. Yeah, it, he's we're, we're liking that lower tier wide receiver dart throw running back range. So in that vein, I'll I'll throw another dart at a running back that may or may not uh, pan out, and that's Tyler. And I think it's. Batty or is it Beatty? Beatty. Yeah. I like Batty though. He's Tyler a is a Batty. He's a Batty. Uh, he, he's from uh, Missouri, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, Mizzou. Yeah, he was really productive at Mizzou. Um, good pass catching back, uh, but a lot of scouts don't like him for one reason or another. I think that he's going to get drafted on day two just because he was a productive running back out of the SEC. 
So I'll, I'll take a, I'll, I'll throw a dart here at the end of the third round. Why not? Uh, maybe he ends up in a situation where somebody in front of him gets injured. And I know that he can be productive. So let me take my shot on him right here. Tyler Beatty, arbitrage James Cook. That's what I am calling him. If you want to get a satellite back, just wait around and get Tyler Beatty instead of James Cook. All right. At 309, I'm going back to the running back well with Kevin Harris, running back out of South Carolina. Another kind of former Debbie darling who really balled out early in his South Carolina career um, in the SEC was kind of running roughshod, uh, really strong kind of early down runner. And then uh, unfortunately breaks his back, which uh, is not great, um, but he did come back and play through it last year obviously was less effective. This is a guy that charts really well on a lot of Noah Hills' advanced efficiency metrics. So Kevin Harris is a guy that I'm willing to take a shot here at the end of the third round. A guy we didn't talk about in our rookie series, but pay attention to Kevin Harris. The problem is because of that injury history, there is a really good chance he goes undrafted. So disclaimer. All right. It's I guess it's my turn. It's 310, and I'm glad that we're running out of uh, time for this because I do only have one more player left, and it's <laughs> Justin Ross, and I don't even feel super great about this. And, you know, I think a lot will change, especially at this part of the draft after the real draft day happens. But with that said, uh, Justin Ross out of Clemson, he, you know, he he looked a lot better uh, a couple of years ago than he did last year, but... He has shown at times the ability to be an alpha wide receiver. And at this late in the draft, I'm closing my eyes and throwing darts. And I see the most upside with uh, Justin Ross here. Yeah, if you're, if you're going to throw darts, uh, this is still super flex. So I'm going to go with the QB five, the consensus QB five here. That's Carson Strong. I don't know if he's going to get drafted day two, day three. He might not even get drafted at all. I have no idea. But right now, he's consensus QB5. And at the end of the third round in Superflex, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Carson Strong here and hope that he gets drafted by somebody on day two. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think a lot of his draft capital is going to depend on uh, the medicals with his knee. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think if you look at a Daco who, uh, he's part of the bulletproof fantasy discord, uh, he does kind of his own ADP where he tracks actual paid rookie drafts and in there, Carson strong is an end of the second round pick. So if you kind of go by that more tangible ADP that a Daco is tracking Carson Strong as a value here. And I'm actually going to end at 312 with a little bit of a reach, to be honest, but I wanted to hmm. get an opportunity to talk about my guy here. Another guy I'm going to be targeting end of third, early fourth round in every draft. That's running back Keontae Ingram out of USC. Started his career dropping balls for the University of Texas, <laughs> my alma mater. Uh, so look, there is not a lot of running backs in this class that have Keontae Ingram's size and speed. You know, he is a 6-1, 220-pound back who runs 4-5. So he's also got pass catching in his profile. I think this is a guy, if he gets drafted, 
if he gets drafted in the sixth round, I think he's going to step in to uh, a handcuff role. Uh, so I'll take Keontae Ingram here at 312. All right, so th- we got through 36 picks here. I wanted to give John or Mitch an opportunity. Is there anybody on your top 36 that we did not draft? And if there is, just mention their name really quick, you know, what position they are, where they went to college, whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty high on uh, my tight end too, who we, we only picked one tight end. It was, uh, I think it's Jelani Woods. Uh, and yeah. his athletic profile just is insane. It is a 10 out of 10 relative athletics. Yeah, I would be picking him at the end of the third round, which is way above market. I want to see where he lands, but I like him a lot. Yeah, he's number 32 on my board and Keontae is number 33. So like I said, I reached on Keontae a little bit because I wanted to flag him for our listeners. But Mitch, you got anybody you want to mention really quick? No, but I do find it funny that you chose Keontae Ingram because that was going to be my guy if I did not choose Justin Ross. So I'm glad okay. you brought him up. Uh, right. I, I thought I would get roasted personally if I brought him up because I knew how much you loved him back in uh, back in Texas. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think I, I agree with you and uh, I like it. Yeah. So some guys that are on my board here that we didn't pick Ty Chandler, uh, running back out of North Carolina, uh, had a good year after those two, uh, stud running backs left last year. Um, Ty, uh, Jalen Tolbert, who, if Trey was participating in, uh, this portion of the draft, he certainly would have drafted Jalen Tolbert wide receiver out of South Alabama. I also got Hassan Haskins on my board, um, as well, who is a running back out of Michigan. So, uh, keep those names in mind. Those are guys that if they get the draft capital, they could rise, uh, on our boards. All right. But that is going to do it for today's episode of the Long Game Dynasty podcast, our first rookie mock draft of the 2022 season. It felt good to kind of put these players in relationship to one another after spending the last month kind of talking about them in detail. And I'm glad uh, through doing this exercise, we were also able to get to some guys we were not able to talk about. Yeah, it was a fun one. That's going to do it. Uh, We'll see you next week. Peace out. Goodbye. Justify No, I ain't